Hello and welcome to Breakout, the podcast from The Great Escape. We're a collective of filmmakers, content creators and story writers, and today we'll be talking about the rise of unpaid work in the filmmaking industry. Joining us today is Miss Marley Hamilton. Hi, Rich. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Marley's an actor, writer and model who's worked as an extra in Doctor Who, worked on Trolleyed, done radio dramas for the BBC, and has many unpaid films under her belt, including Lucinda in our web series Gable Cushing vs. <laughs> the Zombie Vampires, all those years ago. So, Marley, what are you currently working on? Um, well, by the time um, this podcast is, is put out, we will have filmed my short film, uh, Committed, from there on, it will be a case of showcasing it to agents in hopes of getting paid work and uh, using it as more of a like showreel material and kind of um, a progression in, in my acting work. Really. Mm-hmm. What's committed about? Um, it's it was actually taken from a monologue from a, a play called Goodbye Charles, and it was about this woman who did not want to marry her fiance on the basis of she didn't want to lose her independence or her sense of. Um, Self, which is quite unique, really. I adapted it, um, rewrote um, sections of it, and incorporated a, a male character in there to make it a duologue for for showreel purposes. Hmm. That sounds excellent. And Chrissy, what have you been up to of late? Uh, me, I've been grovelling actually. Um, right about <laughs> just before just before we um, were recording this podcast, I actually. Um, reopened the submissions for uh, fiction to our site and at the same time uh, sort of got down on my knees and apologised to all of the people that I didn't reply to in the past because I had too many other things to do. So um, I am hoping that they will forgive me and, and, and sort of uh, submit new things to us to publish. So <laughs> fingers crossed by the time this actually does go out, I'll have lots of new things that we will be publishing on the site and in our new anthology. So. Ben, what have you been doing? Well, recently we've just been putting the finishing touches on a new venture that we're uh, um, getting involved in called Indie Red Hire. Uh, that's IndieRedHire.com. Um, just for a free plug. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> <laughs> um, Which uh, should be live by the time you're hearing this. Basically, um, what we've intended to do is take some pretty cool uh, red camera kit and make it available. This is all camera kit that we own ourselves that we've you know worked very hard to save up for. Um, but you know we're not filmmaking every single day, and it just seems a shame that you know there are periods of time when it's just sat in the cupboard um, waiting to be used. So we thought you know how fantastic it will be for um, indie filmmakers who probably can't afford. Um, a digital cinema camera and you know maybe they've only had access to uh, DSLRs in the past Um, so we want to you know make our kit available um, to indie filmmakers at you know quite a considerable reduction to what the the main kind of rental houses are charging uh, for a similar kit so that's all very exciting and um, it's launched now so uh, yeah check it out and Felic, what have you been up to? Um, I've just been working on pre-production for Committed, like Marley was saying about, and hopefully by this time in September we should be um, partway through editing. So, uh, yeah, it should be going well. In terms of myself, um, we have just done our first ever Milk from Comic Con, and if we've seen you there, hi, you know, lovely to see you. If we haven't seen you there, please come next year and we can see you. All very confusing, okay, <laughs> such as that. Okay, so unpaid work in the film industry is becoming more common in recent years, uh, 
buoyed up by the rapidly falling cost of filmmaking and the rising content hubs such as YouTube and video. Over 10% of the roles available on popular acting job sites Star Now are expenses-only jobs. However, there's rising backlash towards unpaid work with communities such as the Freelancers Club creating campaigns against free work. Is unpaid work killing industry or is it a necessary evil? Well, I suppose I've got, um, I've got multiple angles on this one, as I suppose probably a lot of people do. I've, I've uh, been on both sides of that line. Uh, I've been trying to find people to do work for me for free, and I've also been giving my services away for free. I think from, from the point of view of a, of a producer trying to find people to do um, work, it can be very difficult to sort of... It can be quite debasing, actually, sometimes trying to... It almost feels a little bit like begging sometimes to sort of, you know, put yourself in front of people and ask them to do things without sort of having anything to to offer them in return but at the same time in a way you know when I've been volunteering myself to do free work for other people it's not felt that way at all so I suppose maybe it's all in the mind Hmm. what do you find the hardest roles to fill Uh, any thankless tasks I think Um, when you're trying to find people to be your lead actor strangely enough they're actually quite you know ready to do that for no pay but when you're trying to find someone to just drive somebody to the uh, to the train station that's that's the way where you really have trouble um finding runners finding caterers finding um drivers finding people to do all of those sort of thankless tasks that make it all happen that's that's so hard so acting yeah. is probably less of an issue extras maybe but less in a way any kind of thing where you're getting recognition from your contribution you know even makeup artists have the opportunity to come on board and and sort of like again it's still still quite a difficult role to fill but you have that i'm building my portfolio you know i'd like to get the credits and so on and so forth same again with somebody who's coming on board as an assistant director or a um, production assistant you know coming on board to do a role where they're getting experience where they're getting something intangible for it even if they're not being paid so yeah yeah i completely echo your point it's um it's difficult because with with people it depends what their kind of passions and what they kind of want for the job in which they're doing so if you're if you're looking for somebody that wants the uh, experience of being a runner or wants the experience of doing editing for free or behind the scenes and very much thankless tasks Mm. in that regard then um it's a blessing when you find them because you you know that's what they want to do but it seems that there is just so many actors and so many people out there that you know they're easier to find if you will some of the other actors i've worked with uh recently have said they'll do unpaid featured roles but they won't do unpaid extra work mm. because you know they're not getting anything out of it i mean how do you because you've done a lot of extra work on yeah, various yeah, yeah. projects how do you feel about that um well i did used to do a lot of unpaid like extra work and things like that just for the experience and to sort of build on for a portfolio perspective but then when i had that experience behind me you sort of um think okay right well I've done this level of work so this is the price tag if you will that I'm going to put on that level of work and you get advice from fellow actors who, do, who are doing the same thing and they say don't do this anymore if you want to be taken seriously and if you want to progress and blah 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 so um, I know some actors that don't even take on paid extra work because they don't want to be seen in that light by that casting director or you know that side of production they don't want to be sort of quote unquote recognised if, if you know what I mean mm. Do you think there is a bit of a split in the industry then between people who are who do extra work and people who are sort of actors 
as it were. Yeah, and I'd say that was probably um, based on how much information sharing goes out and depending on, again, on what they want out of it because some people who do extra work just want to do extra work and they don't mind if it's for free and they don't mind, you know, if they're getting paid for it because some people just do it on the side. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think it's about information sharing and sometimes that can be quite a shady topic because some people, they get really sort of protective over what they know and they don't want to give anything out and they don't want to help mm. each other and that can be quite clicky and in turn it's, it's detrimental to the industry in which we all work in. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Ben, do you have any horror stories of unpaid working? Well, actually, the, the way that the topic for this podcast came about was after we received a phone call, someone had been given our number from a accruing website. And for those of you who don't know, we have all our own sort of in-house kit. We've got an 18-foot Jimmy Jib um, that we do broadcast work with and we charge for that work and uh yeah basically we had someone call us up and go through the rigors of finding out what we had available if we're available on certain dates what kit we had and all of that and they sounded like a you know a very professional bunch they banded around a lot of big studio names and stuff like that and then basically sort of at the, the end of the phone call, we, we kind of gave our daily rate and things went quiet. And then it was very much a case of, oh, oh, you want paying for this, do you? Right. Um, well, I'll have to speak to some people and get back to you. And they got they got back to us and there was a lot of hostility, really, as, as if, like, who the hell are you? Why do you think you should be getting paid wow. for this? And, you know, when we said, you know, we don't do, you know, that kind of work with the, the kit for free, and, and they even had the cheek to ask us then, well, okay, if you're not available, can we just have your kit? So, yeah, that was, um, that kind of made uh, us think about the whole free work industry because it they used the excuse of well no one else is getting paid so why should you Mm. um and i think that excuse now is kind of giving people who um you know they want to make films and stuff instead of doing it properly and respecting the core cast and crew they're they're more just you know penny pinching with it and trying to get you know a, a good result for for no money that's horrible it seems like they weren't particularly upfront with their intentions to begin with because they were trying to sort of get something for free and and like there is so much of that going on as well and you it's difficult to see sometimes the the warning signs because people who are like well i don't know if this is the appropriate term scamming um to get something for free often they're, they're quite clever in how they do it and you have to kind of like read through all the language and even when it seems legit when they're name dropping like big companies and producers and all this kind of thing you think all right this is great and because nobody's actually mentioned anything about pay you think all right well obviously it's got to be and part of that was the way she was speaking was that it was uh, for the cause we're doing it for the cause and oh. when it's it's different when it's someone you don't know i didn't know this woman oh, okay. she does have, have mutual friends but yeah um it was like, well, why should it? Why should I help towards your cause when I don't even know who you are? And right. there's no, in, there's no kind of suggestion that she would ever help me in the future. So okay. it was, it's that for Wasn't the cause thing. Benefit. Like everyone in the filming community is willing to put in free work when it's people are in different situations. So mm. I, I don't understand mm. why she would have thought that. 
I think that the, the strange thing about that is you, you got sort of grief from somebody for turning down free work, but then on the flip side of it, you've also witnessed people getting grief for offering free work as well. So you, it's almost like you can't win in this situation. There's, you know, whether you're a freelancer that, uh, you know, is willing to take on free work or not, there's somebody who's going to judge that, you know. Um, did you want to mention about what happened? You said you, you saw somebody... Yeah, basically someone that we've worked with in the past, I saw um, last night, she made a Facebook post about wanting, I think it was a DP with equipment and um, I think some other crew. I think it was a very short shoot, um, one main day with I think a few extra potential days. And she basically put this post out there. She was really honest in in that she couldn't pay people, she couldn't even pay expenses, but it was a small piece that was going to... I think it was a prequel to something big she was hoping to do next year. And it was all really politely laid out. It was really inoffensive. It was just in a a Facebook like um, filmmaking group thing. And I saw today the amount of posts and like pushback she had from a mixture of people saying like, just really, really laying into her about the fact that she even posted that in the first place I I was really shocked about it I mean she was honest with what she put there so people can just take it or leave it and the fact that they're saying you shouldn't be asking for this kind of stuff um, you shouldn't be asking for core crew like this blah 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 it just it was really shocking to me that people would kind of go in that deep with someone they didn't know as well I think it it comes down to two kind of groups really you've got the filmmakers who are like the person you mentioned, Felic, who had a lot of backlash. This is someone who... Filmmaking wouldn't be where they make their money. This is something they do for a hobby. Mm. And, you know, they wouldn't be able to afford any money towards their art, basically. And, Mm. you know, for people like that, if they can kind of rally some people around and, for instance, she's happy to do free work for other people and in return they return the favour and kind of help her with her little project. So you've got kind of people like that who you've got a community of people who want to just help each other out, which is really fantastic and nice. And then on the other hand, you've got people who try and make big productions with, and I quote, big production value with a micro budget, Mm. Um, which basically means they're too tight um, or can't be bothered to go and get proper funding to make the the product that they um, that they want, um, and I've not got a problem at all. In fact, you know, we do free work for people. You know, doing small projects, we're more than happy to uh, to help Marley out with her project, for instance. Thank you. Um, by the way, I'm really grateful for all the work that you guys have put into it. It's been amazing. And, uh, you know, we, we don't want to charge for that because, you know, Marley's done a lot of free work uh, for The Great Escape in the past. And, you know, also as well, we can, you know, use this as a, a good showcase for our own work. So, you know, we're, we're happy to be paid with the product rather than with a, a cash sum, for instance. Mm. But uh, for, you know, when you're talking about these big productions who are just trying to get something for nothing then, you know, that kind of really irritates me. I think um, the, probably the minefield is, is, is trying to tell the difference between them as well, because um, you can make it look like you have a lot more sort of, uh, you know, um, behind you than, than you actually do. Um, and vice versa, you can equally get companies that have 
plenty of cash, making it look like they're cash poor so that they can get you to sort of sign on to do, do things the other way. And I think um, there's a lot of traps about taking things by appearances or at face value. I've worked with um, a few on high production value productions where um, I've, I've done it for free and I've, I've looked around me on the set and everything and every, everything just seems to be like... Oh my gosh, there's a lot of money going into this, but I'm I'm not getting paid for it. And my part has been um, very minor, like an extra role or something like that. And I got talking with an actor friend in regards to, oh, why aren't we getting paid? Everyone else is getting, you know, clearly paid here. This is interesting. And he said, oh, it's all about risk because um, from an acting perspective, because obviously that's something I'm more familiar with, mm. um, uh, casting directors form this relationship with the production company who then can vouch for the work that you've done on that production and then say, oh yeah, she's good, you can hire her and you can actually pay her because she's good on this and that kind of thing. And, and in terms of risk, um, I've, I've noted it with, with companies that, or not necessarily companies, but productions that seem to have quite a bit of financial backing that you don't tend to get paid unless somebody can trust that you can provide the work, regardless that I've got a showreel or, you know, you guys have got a showreel and all this thing going on. It, it just seems, yeah, it can be quite clicky and frustrating because you've got something and you're like, but here it is, and you're not getting paid for it. So Unless there's somebody there to yes, put the word to vouch in for, you. for you. And it yeah. is risk, like, um, with a lot of um, my friends who are, who are doing, like, um, there's a couple of people who are doing, like, Downton Abbey and things like that. And I'm like, how did you do that? And they were like, well, it's all down to the relationship the casting director has with the agent at the time who can say, this is the work, you know? We can yeah. trust them because they're, they're a name now. They're doing this and they're doing mm. that. And they can trust that this person is known for doing this. So the audience behind them well, you know, you'll get viewings because this person is known and, you know, the, of so the previous work that they've done. what added value can you bring? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of risk put in unknowns and people who, who you can't necessarily say, oh, yeah, she will provide this much, this value to mm. this production. Well, I've known um, some independent films where they, they can't even pay most expenses for their mm. crew and mm. their cast mm. and yet they will fork out the cash to get a name attached to it because it yeah. might mean that yeah, they can absolutely. sell it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that's you know, the indie scale of that same pro, you know, same issue. It's right the way there from the top mm-hmm. to the bottom, I would think. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I guess we should put a full disclaimer in here that um, the productions that we ourselves create have been unpaid work. Mm. Um, primarily that's down to the budgets that we play with and in addition, it was uh, us essentially trying to find our feet to identify, you know, what we could do. Um, our projects don't tend to be... I just want to add something about um, Committed. Obviously, it's um, it was something that I intended to pay um, crew and production for, but it was just something that just... I, I couldn't see how I could raise the funds to do it because on sites like Indiegogo or any of the uh, sort of crowdfunding sources can, tend to back something that they're going to get something out of, you know, whether it's going to be a web series or something that they'd want to see. Whereas the product that I was making is essentially just um, showreel building material and perf- portfolio material, moreover. So I, I thought to myself, well, I could put a page up and see how many people want to back it, but there are just so many campaigns. And I, I didn't want to face that disappointment and then turn around to you guys and just be like, by the way, I've got no money. Mm. Yeah, you know? and I think <laughs> equally, there's um, you you have to make tough decisions when you are on a limited budget. So mm. I mean, obviously, we've got 
quite a big team for Committed. We've Absolutely. got um, yeah. two producers. I've, I've actually self-titled myself as production well, manager. No, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that, Mostly because I'm doing all the admin and the paperwork. So that's, yes, that's you me. are. Gosh, so thank that, you. Yeah, so I figure that makes me production manager rather than of producer. So, uh, so we've got sort of two producers. We've potentially got um, at least one of the, either one of the producers or, or another person will be taking on the AD role. We've then got a director as well. We've got camera operator slash DP. We've got camera assistant we've got sound and then hopefully we'll also have a makeup artist so for a three minute short film we're shooting in a day that's a hell of a you know team yes really. that's a lot of effort put in yeah. from everybody that's incredible and I think if you'd have if you'd have taken the decision to to pay people to be involved you would have had to have really cut back on how many people you had involved and, mm. and I mean I, I'm looking at it as an opportunity to practice the structure from start to finish mm-hmm. of how a shoot should be planned, implemented, and, and, and wrapped yeah. up. Ben and Fennec, I know, are using it as an opportunity to test out their new indie red hire kit to make sure that, that sort of you know works smoothly as a as a package. Um, yeah, you know, and so I think everybody I think who's involved is kind of getting something out. Of well, it, that's that's know, the so, idea. That's what I really wanted. Yeah, you know, and so and, and if you'd have chosen to sort of like pay people, then you probably wouldn't have got that. You probably wouldn't have got that nice sort of team of, of people to distribute the work between us and mm. and so on. Mm. So I think there's really a three different kinds of relationship you get on those sorts of films one is a tit for tat sort of relationship where you've got i will do this if you'll do this for me Mm. there's ones where basically you've got this friendly bonding where basically you've got teams that have worked together in the past and it's like oh do you want to help out on this thing it's free work but we know each other it's, it's going to be great yeah. and therefore people bond together like that mm-hmm. you do have the third one which is people being brought into a production as oh it's expenses only or so like mm-hmm. the Star Now route those ones are tend to be the ones that are a bit more tricky um, when the experience I've had in the past with Star Now is while some people have been quite up for that going this is an expenses only gig and I'm happy with that because I'm fairly fresh on the scene and I'm trying to build up my experience. Some people are quite negative towards that. They do um, push back on those things. Mm, mm. Or they come onto the production and not be that happy with the fact they're not being paid for it. They'll, they'll start putting down um, you know, restrictions on what they will and won't do because they're not being paid so that exactly. I'm not you know all of a sudden it's, I won't work past six o'clock in the evening or I won't you know do it unless you're providing me with accommodation and it becomes you know almost like an ongoing sort of like struggling point over that sort of sense of well you're not paying me therefore you have to accept anything that I say not to, you know? not to criticise anyone we've worked with and not to say that that's in any way a bad thing for people to say, right, well, I'll only work with these things, and if I get paid work, then I'm not going to, I'm going to pull out the project or whatever. Um, but still, it does create um, barriers. It can be a point of tension, which I think if you iron out all of those things in advance, it's fine, because, mm. you know, if you say, well, okay, you're working for free, but let's let's work out what you're prepared to do for free. You know, as long as you've sort of talked it all through in advance, mm. it's fine. It's when things start to crop up, you know, out of the blue on set when you sort of like, oh, I thought you'd do this. And they're like, no, you know, and it's a, you know, those, those things do tend to, and that's again, all part of preparation really and, and, and communication. So it, it's, it's one of those things, it can cause tension, but it shouldn't have to because you can work around it, but it, it can be a, a difficult thing sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's a really great point that you've just raised. I mean, um, and I'm really grateful to you for doing all the sort of contracts and all the paperwork <laughs> in regards to committed, because that's one thing that we went through the other night, like, okay, so what time are we going to have these people turn up and like, in the contracts and the fine print almost like okay well expenses and this that and the other thing and and that's really great to have as a backup as well because then 
if you do get anybody who raises contention with that, then you've got, well, actually, because you did agree to do it, here is the sort of information mm. there. Um, something that um, Felic and I have been talking about, because we obviously do uh, all of our great escape work, um, is, you know, free. Um, well, we just, you know, all work together as a team. Um, none of us raise funds to pay ourselves. <laughs> so, uh, mm. um, so some we of us have day jobs. Yeah, some of us spend all of the money we save from our day jobs on this. <laughs> <laughs> so we do free work, and at the same time as well, we um, do a lot of paid work as well uh, for both the film industry and broadcast industry as well. And we've noticed a direct correlation to how much we get paid to how well we get treated on set. And it seems that the more you get paid, the better treated you are and the less work you have to do. Um, it's wonderfully ironic, isn't it? <laughs> I know. All the free work we end up doing, it's the, the work that we work the hardest on, the longest hours, have the littlest amount of sleep, um, come back feeling really deflated and, you know, usually um, on set there's someone that might treat us a bit rubbish. Um, I'm not talking about within The Great Escape, um, but, you know, other other free projects that we've been involved in as well. You know, you, if you're doing work for free, you generally get treated a bit rubbish by some people. I, I suppose it's that sense of collaboration, isn't it? There's mm. that sense of, if you are doing this for free, you must really care about it. Exactly. And that's why you're involved. And if you re- if you really care about it, you're going to be prepared to go to any length to do it. You know, it's sort of... Like, and, um, and I think that sort of strange contradiction does come up in, in, in places. I think, um, you know, so... And I think it... It's fine when it comes from, in a way, it's okay when it comes from people who don't know you, but it's actually worse when it comes from people who do know you because, you know, they they are in that same position as you, perhaps. You're collaborating on a project with somebody and you know them, um, you know, how well you know them, depending on the project, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, to go to, to you and, and expect you to do stuff that they wouldn't be prepared to do in those capacities, I think is... Um, it's sort of more insulting than somebody who doesn't know that you're not the driving force behind the project expecting mm. that, if that makes sense, you know, because, you know, you can, it's hard to sort of expect things of people like that. I think. <laughs> There's an expectation yeah, that gets attached to what that means, that I think, because as you said, you, you, um, you're being, if you're being paid, you've got that value attributed to what you're bringing to it. And in a way it, it all, almost puts a boundary on what you're bringing to it. Because you've been paid, you have been paid for a certain piece of work. That is what you're bringing. If you're not being paid to be there, there's there's almost like that definition of your responsibility is a lot foggier around the outside. You know, yeah. people start to expect more of you because you're there free. You're just part of the team, and it becomes sort of, you know, yeah. a bit more sort of like you're expected to do things, and your role creeps. You know, yeah. in terms of yeah. I'm very interested, actually, Marley, to find out if it's if you've had similar experiences um, in the acting world. It's almost it's almost an opinion of people, I, I suppose, to, to assume, well, who are you? You know, mm. you're doing unpaid work, so, you know, eh, you're not doing that great, are you? I mean, that's, that's kind of things that I've had said to me and stuff, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's talking about the elephant in the room, really, isn't it? Mm. I mean, when, when people kind of have that, like, um, attitude, almost. Have you had any situations where, you know, you might have been working uh, with someone 
um, who is like a big name, who is getting paid and gets treated completely differently to uh, the unpaid um, actors. It's, it's funny because this is something that hasn't happened yet, but will have happened after, after this podcast. Um, I'm kind of being warned before I do it. I'm getting expenses and, and that's it to do this uh, feature film. It's only like a day, but um, there is a big name. Sadly, but um, I've been told this person will not speak to you. You have to talk to me through this, and you know they will not. So do not look at this person. I've been given like a list of like do not do this, and I have to interact with this person on set. So it's kind of like, okay, so what? Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to your assistant. Oh, how's this going? It's kind of a bit peculiar. I'm. I guess they're trying to move away from like the whole fan girl, fan people. Like, oh my god, that's you. But they should come at it from a respect perspective. Like, you're I'm, all there to do the same exactly. job. Exactly. And if you've asked me you, to so. do that job, it's almost mm. a slap in the face to assume that I would go up to somebody and just be like, oh my gosh. What is that? Can you assume that you're not a professional because exactly. you're, you know, because you're doing <laughs> yeah. it for their, their so money? I yeah. So watch what I said back to um, that person, and I, I just reassured them that you know, obviously, that's not going to be something that I'm I'm going to do. I mean now I don't actually want to talk to them because of because of that and hopefully it's it's just one of those sort of scare tactics and you know playground tactics almost there's a lot of sort of stories about big name actors being hard to work with in that capacity <laughs> I'm just saying, no, no, just saying in the media you hear stories yeah, about people yeah. sort of like saying no well they didn't get reprised for that role because actually the director just couldn't handle it anymore because they were just such a diva it's obviously common because it's something that everybody a lot of people know about they've heard yeah, about stories yeah. you know in the bigger name the bigger the story you know more people yeah. hear about it but it's obviously quite widespread i do wonder sometimes whether it's something that people put on to make themselves worth more yeah like the I more awkward you are the more you have to be paid um, yeah <laughs> maybe maybe i mean to be honest i've only come across it a couple of times and the last time <laughs> that i came across it i think that it was a sort of persona just maybe out of boredom maybe mm. something else there's got to be something going on there um, proving your worth. I, I, I don't know. It didn't seem like a, a human being could be like that, really. Mm. I just thought, how the... I mean, there's obviously being affected by the industry and things like that, but then that was a whole new level. And I was just, I was thinking, about it, how does this... How? <laughs> Why are you getting away with it? Yeah. Hmm. I find it really peculiar how people in, say, the purely free productions, sometimes you don't have that level of respect it's like, oh, well, you're here doing stuff for free. We don't know you, but we expect you to be chums or expect you to be, oh, so so glad you're working on this. It's strange because I think that, well, you know, I hope that the people who work with us in the past have a feeling that we treat them, uh, we treat them well and treat them with respect because we accept that they're not there to, they're not being paid for this and that we will bend over backwards for them. Yeah, something I, I know, uh, talking to a couple of actors that I know, um, the, the sense of them, they, they've taken on a, a, a free, you know, piece of work and, uh, and the person that they are doing that work for has reacted as if they are being done a favour, like as if the person who is offering the work is doing the person who is doing the work a favour mm-hmm. by allowing them to do that work for free. It's like, and I think that... Um, that upsets a lot of people i think if you if you volunteer your time for, for to, to to you know to do something you kind of at least expect people to respect that and to mm. uh, you know to to value that yeah you know and but if you, you they turn around and say well you know um 
I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Whereas like, no, you're not. You're doing it for yourself, and they're yeah, doing yeah, it, yeah. you know. So there, there. I think uh, that's that's something I try so hard to. I, 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 you know, to avoid saying anything remotely like that to anybody I'm working mm, with because mm-hmm. I think it's it's so disrespectful to to approach it in that that way. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, what you're talking about there, you know, us as a production team um, bringing people in to do work for free, it's collectively our project that we're excited about so we're all eternally grateful to everyone who comes in and helps us when you get a project where you might have uh the project is sort of just by one person and all of the the other uh crew that have come onto it so uh director producer um first ad everyone else that comes onto it they're all doing it as volunteers free work etc then sometimes you know you the people who are organizing this stuff who are it's not their project but they're just doing it for the experience or whatever um they don't have that gratitude because maybe they don't feel that it's their project and it's something that they've been drafted into and they're just they're slogging it out for free as well there is a risk as well with that where those people end up having to not just fork out time but fork out money as well um where you've come into some what you consider to be somebody else's project and you end up not just driving it but funding it um i think uh, there can breed a lot of resentment which you then have the you run the risk of passing that on to other people it's like you know i'm doing this for free and not only am i doing it for free i'm also forking out all my savings to do it and then you get other people who are sort of like you know griping about you know whether or not they've got uh, you know some expense or something like that and you're like well, well why should you get to have that when i'm actually paying you out of my own pocket for somebody else's project and that can be a total minefield mm. yeah um with with that i think it's also clarity of intention and sort of like everybody being um sort of on the same page with with knowing what roles and responsibilities each and every person is bringing to that production if um, if somebody's unaware that um, you may be doing everything behind the scenes, it, it then becomes like somebody slips up and goes, oh, she's not doing anything. You're like, well, actually, and then it becomes like a, a point of kind of like, you know, oh. and that's that's one. And, and film sets in, in general are really quite like uh, sort of fascinating environments because you create these intense relationships with people that, um, you know, may last a week, a day, a month, you know, a few months. And then you're like, you know, in each other's, you know, space constantly for like that 15 hours a day and it's so intense and then you don't see each other for like two years I know it's strange <laughs> so it's, I, I yeah. find that film projects tend to be this microcosm mm. where mm. everything seems to happen and it's all high pressure and it's all so therefore things that would usually be minor and unimportant <laughs> suddenly become yes. critical oh my and gosh mm. you moved my coke can you know where's my cigarettes that kind of thing it's like world war three yeah. Like a sleep deprivation central that can of course it helps if everyone's been well fed and has slept well and so of on and so course. forth yeah, yeah, when yeah. it's everything's down to the wire and there's <laughs> and the food's not laid on at the right time and everyone's yeah. working 24 hour days and there's um, hope everything's no kind sleep of, and yeah going going the way it should go yeah that's a, a very good point actually about food if you're bringing people onto your production for free um, spend a bit of money on food. Keep them well fed, uh, yeah, because I'm, a hungry, um, a hungry person who's working for free is going to be very irritable. Irritable <laughs> and also not working to the top of their game as well. And, and more importantly, feed them food, not junk as well. Feed them vitamins. 
you know, it's, yeah. it's worth it, <laughs> especially over a longer period of time. It's okay to, to bring in pizza maybe one day on a two week shoot, but don't deliver pizza every well, you know, single like day. It's like order pizza, but also have a side salad. Of course. <laughs> Point taken, guys. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when it comes to free work and actually people putting up these offers of expenses only or even just like it's only one day come along do your thing I think when you are fresh on the scene when you're a new director when you're a new production team or whatever it seems totally fair to be having your projects as unpaid work especially when you're in a a bit of a testing ground yourself but it's when you've got big productions uh, where you've actually got guaranteed profits coming in it comes down to that attitude of um, this film or this production or whatever is going to be huge. It's going to be really, really big. And you're so lucky to be a part of it, so we're not going to pay you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, horrible. Well, that sort of comes back to what I was saying before about that that idea of the doing you a favour kind of thing. Is it's, yeah. a, it, it's, a, it's a strangely arrogant perspective to take on the matter, I think. you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, with this project that I'm doing in a month, all I know all the money has gone on the named actor, um, so, you know, sometimes in situations like that, it's just, I don't know, it's best judgment, is it? Do you do, you do it? Don't you do it? I think, oh, okay, well, I haven't got anything like that on my showreel yet. Oh, I like, again, it? I think that comes back down to what can I get out of it? Even yeah. if I'm being paid, is there something for me yeah, in Yeah, is it beneficial yeah. for yeah. me? Is the experience beneficial? Yeah. And that might be not, that might just not be because I can get some showreel material. It might be because I get some experience. It might be because I can network and make some contacts. Exactly. Uh, it might be yeah. because I can bank a favour for the future as well. Like mm-hmm. if I do something for this person, then I've got a credit I can call in from them yeah. at some point to get something. You know? There's lots of things that people look at it and go, tactically, is this worth me doing it? You know? It's, it's mm-hmm. risk on the other side of the fence. It's risk as you as a, an actor or a crew member or whatever. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, if you're part of a production that is going to be taking on people to work for free, um, you kind of want to know what their motives are for doing it for free because people don't just do it for the love of it or you know if they are they're very few and far between so it's very helpful to understand um what people want to get out of it so there's no backlash later on Mm. because if someone goes into a project thinking oh i'll do this for free because i've heard this about it or you know i could gain this um out of it or whatever and the people organizing that project don't know those things um then there can be that miscommunication and then you get a very grumpy actor or mm. actor or crew or whatever who, who kind of almost know badmouth the project then and, and feel very hard done by because they did all the work and didn't get what they expected out of it. But yeah. often if they haven't communicated what they expected to get out of it or no one's asked them what they expect to get out of it, then mm. you know how would anyone know who wants what True. and why? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, in regards to um, what you were saying about from the production side of what the production's motives are is also quite important to, to note because oftentimes when people, like I say, when they're starting out or if they're doing something for free, they um, naivety can sometimes take over and, and you, you'll do something just to be involved in it. But then when you um, do a few projects for free and you kind of do want to know what the motives are behind it. And I've applied for a few um, sort of profit share things here and there, but that in itself is kind of a shady industry because I mean, if the production itself doesn't make any money, then you don't get paid and you spent all this time on it. But And obviously you're doing what you love, but you, you want to um, get paid for it because that's obviously, you know, what you, you want as 
a career and what you want to do and and yeah sometimes asking uh, production like what their motives are can create in itself its own little kind of um you know and it's it's a it's kind of like walking on eggshells almost because you can ask um people okay so what do you what do you envisage for the end of this project like with committed it's just purely a, a showcase for you know um portfolio material but if I had financial backing behind it and stuff I'd be like right okay well I'm going to enter it into festivals I'm going to do this with it that with it that with it and it's about how open they are and invariably you can kind of weed out the ones who are not necessarily as um, honest mm. with what they're going to do with it and by their kind of interactions with you as well and how how you know snappy or whatever um, just as a almost like a bit of a, an alternative sort of take on this actually it's um, I mean obviously there's something to be said for the fact that um, there is only a limited amount of funding out there. So obviously, if all jobs were paid, then there would be less jobs. Uh, for, you know, if you know what I mean, there would be mm. less projects would be fun. Less projects would be able to actually go forward because they wouldn't have the funding because that funding is limited. Um, you know, so there's something to be said for the fact that, that uh, people working for free help stimulate creativity as a whole across the industry and keeps people and gives people the opportunity to build portfolios and, and to build experience um you know but obviously there, there has to reach a time when you move on beyond that when your skills have developed and you are now worth something because you have been through that baptism and you've developed and you've become yeah, become a, a qualified person to do mm, work mm-hmm. for paid you know uh, you know remuneration um but I, I sometimes think that the the whole idea of, of, of free work actually stifles that progress in a way that you wouldn't necessarily think because a lot of you know unpaid work mm, say mm, say mm. you might have to pay all of your expenses to go to how many different auditions in order to get one job yep. that you then <laughs> don't get paid for yeah so there's there's an expense that goes along with being that person being that person who does work for free mm-hmm. um you know even if it's not you know so even if you get onto a job and that job is paying you expenses you know the, the expense there's going to be more expenses than that it's usually there is a cost behind it so chances are you're going to have to work a day job in order to be able to fund doing work for free on the Mm. job that you actually want to do yeah and there is a very difficult transitional period to move from that i'm supporting myself with the day job and i can just about afford to do all of this Mm. to i can support myself with this yes absolutely it's almost like transitioning is more difficult than being in either one category it's actually moving from one category to the other Mm. and actually one of the reasons i think it is really difficult is because many of the opportunities to actually develop your skills are aimed at the people who already have the skills, or already have themselves in that that particular unit. I'm going to use Rich as an example here. Uh, Rich is obviously, you know, training himself, uh, you know, mm-hmm, self-teaching mm-hmm. himself to be a sound designer, a sound recordist, and so on and so forth. And uh, you saw an opportunity to do a, a course in um, sound editing. Was it sound editing? Yes. Um, to, yeah, regarding yeah. this course, yeah. the interesting thing about all the courses you see in the realm of, say, sound production or film production or whatever, is if they're not university courses, if they're, um, like, uh, courses that are one day a week or whatever, mm-hmm. they are often aimed at people already in the industry. So, therefore, they'll land them in midweek at, like, 10 to three o'clock so therefore if you're working in a job that isn't related to that industry you pretty much can't do it and even when you can 
often the prices are far are astronomical because they're expecting large production companies to be paying for this and therefore the prices are so they're high. Kind, they're kind of expecting that you're going to be an employee employed in this role and you are using this as an opportunity to develop further in that role. Exactly. So that you will already be part of a production house, for instance, and they will have a training budget and they will send you on a training course and so on. So if you're freelancing and you're in that category where actually I'm working a nine till five day job in order to do that and I'm actually taking my holiday in order to be able to do unpaid work in the job that I actually want to do, you know, this... The, the, the opportunity to then train up to become qualified and respected enough to be able to do it as a paid job is, is actually you know so hard to actually do those things within the, the time scale that you've got that it becomes impossible and so you can't graduate mm. past that line in a way mm. it's the one advantage of free work is it allows you to get that learning there's um an article on rain dance which i'll pop in the description about setting your budgets for people on set and get your core crew to be people who are getting paid for it who are professionals then the remainder with students with with free work and so so forth because then they get the training the correct training on the production and also you get a better production out of it as well Hmm. So that's really, that's interesting that they, they do that because it's almost like a more official way of doing it. So that having just uh, uh, now reaping the benefits of unemployment, <laughs> um, it, it is a bit of a catch-22. Um, like, because now I have all this free time, I could go back to extra work, but then I get advice from, you know, actors who are like, don't do it. Because, I mean, it's it's good money. Like, yeah. I'm actually doing it tomorrow. Hey, um, naughty. Um, but they, they say don't do it because you don't want to get known in that regard. And, yeah, I guess it must echo sort of slightly with, with free work in that, you know, don't do it because then you'll get known for doing free stuff. But then it's like, it's such a catch-22 because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't put myself out there with extra work. I don't put it on my CV. I don't, you know, say, hey, I'm doing this today or that today or whatever. It's, it's just something that's, um, I, I see it as a benefit. Because I can see, the, you know, if, especially if you spend most of your time, like you were saying, in your nine to five, mm. and you don't get a lot of exposure to the industry and you, you're not necessarily, you know, into the ground with it. Mm. When you do extra work, you can see sort of like what equipment they're using, how, how they're functioning, you know, is the crew tight? Is it good? Is it working well? What's this director like? You know, you can get sort of like an insight and you can build contacts there because oftentimes other sort of extras are also actors on the side or they've got their own sideline projects and doing free work and things and... Yeah. So, uh, in your mind, what do you, uh, how do you choose to do a project for free? How do we choose? Yeah, basically, when, when somebody says, oh, well, yeah, this, is, this project isn't being paid, what makes you go, yeah, I've decided to do it? Uh, Versus well, ones where you've just sat down. Yeah, it's, it's always a passion thing first. I think if it's something that interests me on a creative level, then I'll, I'll probably just still do it. Like, even if, like, Shia LaBeouf turns around, comes to his senses and like, Marley, I need to marry you. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> and then <laughs> run off to the Hollywood Hills or something like that and have a wild affair with Zac Efron. I don't know, just name dropping for the sake of it. You can tag us at the bottom now. More views. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Even if that happened and overnight, I don't know, I found success as a Bond villain or something. And you guys turn around and say, hey, you know, do you want to resurrect Lucinda from the plug hole? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> absolutely, I do. I, yeah, it's a passion of course, thing. we would, of course, then be like, you know, bringing back Marley the amazing star. Oh, <laughs> there you go. This is good. Let me know when you find her, yeah? But of course then she'll be a complete diva and she'll want uh you know the first million from the project. <laughs> you know me so well, gosh, I'm taking tips right from someone who I can't mention right now. Please what? 
um, I have one last thing to sort of, uh, you know, pitch to you guys. And that is about, um, obviously, we, we've talked all about film and, and, and the film industry, but something that I've done a lot of sort of uh, soul searching, maybe, I don't know, over is, is the idea of unpaid work in, 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 in the writing market. Because uh, I, mean, obviously I write fiction. Um, I have looked into the possibility of whether I can try and make a living out of writing other things. Um, so I sort of signed up for some sort of um, uh, freelancing sites like uh, Elance and, and some others to try and see if there was, if I could actually put together jobs that would make enough money for me to live on. And, and the answer was categorically no. <laughs> um, but more to the point, I would rather spend my time working for free on things I was passionate about than getting paid peanuts to do something that I wasn't passionate about. Mm-hmm. And um, equally, it sort of it highlighted to me how little a lot of this work is valued. Another thing, another example from the same field, anthologies, um, short story publishing is dominated by unpaid anthologies um so you, you submit your short story and it's like yeah you've been published and that's great but you're not going to get any money for it so you know mm. and that's there's a lot of like you know options out there a lot of actors feel uh, actors a lot of writers um <laughs> feel the need to sort of submit to these sorts of free um you know unpaid yeah. you know platforms in order to get their work out there to start with um they also find you know if they're self-publishing their work that they need to give it away free in order to build a readership as well and this sort of going back to actually um some of the stuff we talked about in which one was it when we we're talking about crowdfunding and the idea of um value being attributed to things and whether people are prepared to actually pay for anything mm. um i do i do wonder sometimes with the proliferation of technology bringing people together in sort of like wider networks um within both filmmaking and other creative pursuits that the general sort of perception on the internet of people that think that think content is not does not have worth has then sort of bled into the sort of the back end of producing that sort of content to the point where you know people aren't prepared to pay for the, the content but people still want to make the content because they're passionate about it and so you end up it's like a self-feeding <laughs> cycle Mm. Um, self-feeding self <laughs> self-feeding or self-fulfilling one of the two um, cycles so that uh, you know you, you have that attitude towards the content ultimately not having that work actually regarding um, written pieces mm. it's actually something interesting about a book that I recently got The Martian by Andy Weir which is now becoming a film the, what, the story goes that basically he wrote this book and he was putting it up on his website People went, oh, I'd quite like to read it on my Kindle. And he went, well, okay, I'll pop it up on, on the Amazon store. But you can't put stuff up there for free. So he put it up there for 99p. Now, it got a bit of a readership and it got a bit more readership and it got popular and more and more popular. Eventually, he got a publishing deal. And now that's gone on to become a, um, a Hollywood film starring uh, Matt Damon. It's all right for some, isn't it? (laughs) But it's interesting how this person, who obviously has written a book that is very, very good, initially considered it not worth publishing in a Mm. paid manner, that it was a free piece of work. Yeah, and that, that I think, is, you know, symptomatic of the attitude people have towards content. I mean, I, I would love to be paid for my writing because that would enable me to do more writing. The problem is at the moment, I, I can't churn out books at X amount of rate because I have to work, you know, to, in order to support myself, 
you know, and I can only do it as a hobby until such time as I can get paid to do it. And so again, it's that transition from the unpaid into the paid, mm. that mm. barrier of trying to get past that point. It's the mm. epitome of a catch-22 situation. <laughs> yeah, um, with what you were saying, it just kind of, um, the word that kept coming to mind um, was competition. Mm. There was just such, um, there's such fierce competition in our creative industry um, because everybody wants to do the thing that is is, so, is passion, you know? Mm. I mean, everybody has they say everybody's got a book in them for example or you know everybody can act or, or whatever it is mm. and and so that fierce competition obviously means that there are so many people out there trying to do it and then it becomes because there's so many people doing it and so many people writing it and then who's the people at the top that are picking those projects and mm. all that kind of thing I suppose there's, there's something to be talking about that in, in the world of business um, you know if a project doesn't have commercial merit then it will be dropped you know if a, if a if there is no niche, if there is no need, if there is no market, then people aren't going to bother with it, you know, mm. because, I mean, they're, they're, a lot of people have passion for things they invent or they, they come up with, but ultimately, you know, most of those enterprises are for, you know, for the sake of create, you know, yeah. earning a living and so on and so forth. I think but as soon as you, you get into the creative industry, there is a, there's a do or die attitude, you know, because the pe- people want to get their creative vision out there they want people to they want to create it and they want people to see it and and ultimately if, if there's no market for it that's not going to stop them and I think that's that's part of the reason why there is you know a proliferation of projects especially with you know the affordability of actually doing it mm. um you know that nobody's going to give up on their project because it's not commercially viable if they you know they're gonna they're gonna push to do it somehow even if that means compromising and not paying people and dropping what they're gonna do and, and you know yeah. cutting it down to a short film from a, you know a feature film or whatever they're gonna find ways of doing it because they're passionate about it mm. and that that's maybe not always a good thing yeah i agree with you yeah Something that, you know, I was thinking about in terms of free work, um, I was wondering how much free work was going on sort of pre-1990s or pre-digital revolution, because, I mean, if someone had a film that they wanted to make, they would have to pitch it to a big studio, Mm. and if the studio thinks it's commercially viable, they'll pick it up and they'll fund it and they'll pay for it, and I'd imagine everyone would get paid apart from the students who would be on set kind of learning from that um but then and that's kind of the only way that people could get their their vision done um but then since you know the dead the digital revolution and now suddenly you know in today's uh society you can make a film for no money Mm. you can get your hands on reasonable um Equipment that will do well, that a reasonable whole, job. The, the podcast on 4K and and, yeah. and uh, you know and and um, indie film before is that 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 idea of the the overheads the the, the gateway to actually making a film has become so much more affordable yeah. that uh, yeah. so then you've got all these projects that um, should rightly be dropped because they're a load of rubbish um, that are suddenly being produced um, and those people who may be, you know, quite good salesmen are encouraging every person under the sun to come and work on it for free when realistically from, you know, an economic point of view that projects, apart from your your vision being realised, it might be very nice and everything, but it's probably not going to, you know, be the big next thing that, um, that you believe it to be because it's your project and, and you're, 
you know, that heavily invested in it. Mm. Just very quickly going back to what Marley said about competition, um, I think in terms of what I'm doing nowadays, the, it's not enough just to be a person with a camera. There's probably another 50 of me in the Southwest with, Southwest with red cameras, mm. you know, just going around. So I think it's about the relationships you build with crew <coughs> and uh, the relationships you build with crew and cast and people. You, you've got to add something else on top of your skill, I think, to mm. make yourself different. And that's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were saying about graduating out of that, you know, I proven ground almost into being somebody who is actually of worth... Mm. Um, with with all the people that um, <clears throat> sort of you work with, you you do create these um, sort of really good and lasting um, sort of bonds and relationships with on on certain who you work really well with on both a professional and a personal level. And I think that if um, you know, um, I know there's a, there's a friend of mine who's who's like he's just breaking, and he keeps saying to all the people that he's worked with he's just like yeah right I want you and you and you and you and you and it's almost that kind of industry because it's very clicky as well so when he's got to where he wants to be I'm pretty confident that he will go okay well that sound guy I really want him when I was you know we were all working unpaid I want him because he's really good and you know he's reliable and this guy's amazing and he's got good vision and there's just so much talent and I think that you know it's yeah it's true unpaid work brings you connections mm. um, there are uh, situations as film sets I've been on that I wouldn't be on if I hadn't done unpaid work. Yeah, yeah. I think um, just to uh, you know, uh, bring a counterpoint almost to that is um, I th- one thing we found very frustrating is when you've had somebody um, join your production as an unpaid volunteer and then drop out part way through because they can't keep committing to something because it's unpaid. But the quality of the work they were providing wasn't up to the standard you would pay for anyway. Um, mm. You know, that we've then had to redo certain things because that person who considers themselves, you know, up to the standard where they should be paid didn't actually deliver work that we found was up to the standard that we needed for the project, you know. And wow. so you, you find yourself looking at that going, there's a really fundamental attitude shift between different people and what Mm. they value themselves as Mm. as well i think that's that's something interesting in the matter Mm. so um i think we should probably wrap this up so final thoughts uh chrissy what do you think are the pros and cons of free work i think free work is is something that's a necessary part of the industry nowadays in the way that it works i think um it facilitates creativity to expand uh, so I think by you know allows you you know more things to be explored than that would perhaps be explored if there was if it was controlled by you know um, you know large funding organizations if that was the the only mechanism to get something produced then I think uh, the idea that, that free work facilitates that indie um, industry and allows creativity to be more diverse I think that's that's got to be the biggest pro and I think on an individual level I think as well it gives it does give people the opportunity to you know practice develop their their skills and so on and I do think that is a you know something that um, is a necessary part of graduating into the the industry um, I think that the, the cons have to be the the attitudes and the tension that comes from it so the the you know the griefing of people who accept work the griefing of people who turn down work the you know the the conflict between people on projects because of you know the you know valuing of those people's time you know all of that is it's all mostly about miscommunication and about attitudes towards the the concept in 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 the first place but um that's never constructive it's never really you know productive so i would say 
that would be my sort of biggest con. On my perspective, I think the the pros of the of unpaid work, it's it's really that experience angle. I think that um, getting unpaid work means that you get out there. You um, if you've been out the, the scene for a while, it's a good way of get, working your way back in. If you're not sure whether you actually want to be in this particular role, we've had people in the past who have come onto projects not being actors at all and have since gone on based on what they've done with us mm. to say, yeah, actually, I do want to become an actor and go off and do their own thing. Um, I think really the cons come from if you're not truly passionate about the project you're working on, and there is a risk that people will take you for granted. Yeah, yeah, just echoing what you're saying, really. Never do a project for the wrong reasons. Always be honest with yourself about why you're involved in it in the first instance, you know, and be clear with the people that you're working with. Why why are you choosing to do this? You know, don't just do it because you feel pressured or, you know, you think, oh, well, you know, they helped me out or something. Always do something because you want to do it. Hmm. Uh, my kind of final thought, really, um, is... The kind of state of mind, if you're someone who's out there looking for free work and if you're actively trying to hunt down projects that you can work on for free, then I think it's very easy to be in that situation where people can take advantage. Mm. Um, So for people who are currently doing free work, you know, I would like to say to them, you know, just work on your... Um, you know, work on your self-image of yourself, uh, work on your professionalism, work on what you're bringing to the industry and be confident with yourself. You know, get to that stage where people are hunting for you and saying, hey, you know, I I really love what you do. Come and work uh, for us. And you'll find that you go into these projects expecting it to be free work and they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to pay you. And uh, I think, you know, change that self-image of yourself. There's plenty of free work out there. There's plenty of paid work out there. And what category you're in is is just down to your state of mind. Just uh, one thing that kind of came up in my mind. In terms of getting paid or not paid, I think one reason um, jobs where you don't get paid might get more complicated is because when you are getting paid, you get some kind of contract or agreement or some kind of details. And if you're not getting paid, you don't get any of that. So even if you're agreeing to something where you're not going to be paid, you should still make sure you have the rest of that kind of stuff in place where the money changes hands or not it doesn't mean you can't still do the rest of it. Mm, yeah, you can still approach it in a professional way, even if it's not not paid, yeah. And I think, um, just to add one more little thing, I think um, what I said earlier about the, uh, the barrier to graduating from one group to the other, I think... Um, what you were saying, Ben, about state of mind, and I think actually it is a conscious choice. It's not always just a barrier that's, that's sort of actually there. I think in a lot of people, for a lot of people, it is, you know, mental and it's, it's their attitude. Um I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes you have to got to take the plunge and you've got to say, right, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there for paid work. I'm not going to take on these, these, uh, um, you know, unpaid jobs because it's unsustainable. I'm going to be a professional and, you know, choose to make that step. It's going to be really hard work, but it's, you know, getting from that, you know, group, uh, you know, that unpaid group where you're working your nine to five day job as well into that. I'm doing this as for a living is, is, is sometimes just a matter of saying, yes, I'm going to do it. So. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people, they they kind of have the state of mind of, 
Um, I haven't been paid for any work yet, therefore I'm only good enough for doing free work. Whereas if they're thinking, actually, I'm good enough to be paid now, then the money will follow. Mm. And you're never going to get a paid job if you don't put yourself forward for paid jobs. Exactly. Okay, so I think that's it for this episode of uh, Breakout. If you have any stories you want to tell us on your experiences of unpaid work or you have any opinions on the matter that you want to share, feel free to email us at contact at thegreatesc.com or you can message us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash thegreatesc. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breakout. Uh, Be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Many thanks to Chrissy, Felic, Ben and, of course, Marley for their stories and input today. And we hope you'll listen again soon. So, bye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.